Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on3 and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gamblernet in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text Hope NY in New York. All right, everybody, welcome into the Auburn Live Football Show. Pumped to be back with you. Uh, man, another season's here. The Hugh Freeze era is underway. Quickly, just want to talk about kind of what we're going to do with this show this fall so you kind of have an idea of what to plan around and sort of how this is going to work. We're going to try to do a couple of shows a week. Probably, we'll probably go live or we'll probably put up a show. Monday mornings, and then we'll probably put up a show Thursday mornings, and those will be available on YouTube, and then obviously anywhere you podcast, all that. So the normal normal places you're listening to Auburn Live podcasting, you can listen to the shows there, and then the YouTube show will go. This show will go live on Monday mornings and Thursday mornings. Obviously during the season, we'll recap the games for that Monday morning show, and then Thursday morning we'll be able to talk about what happened during the week in the media, and then we'll also be able to preview the next game um, as well. So that's kind of the gist. They're going to be – these are probably going to be 20, 25-type-minute um, shows, 20, 25-minute type shows. Not not going to go an hour, not trying to drag you out, really just kind of want to get you the information, provide a little perspective, provide a little content, context and opinions, and then move about your day. And then, of course – You've already got awesome content on the page. You got the call-in show. You got the recruiting shows. We'll be doing this show, and then we're also going to be bringing back the modcast, which will go live on Friday mornings as well. So that'll be the whole crew: Jeffrey, Cole, myself. Maybe we'll bring Jay Head in for the modcast, stuff like that. So we'll bring that back as well, and that'll be on on um, on Friday mornings. That'll go live and all that good stuff. So appreciate everybody joining us. We'll get into it real quick. Just want to. Uh, Talk about our sponsor for the Auburn Live Show this this uh, this year, Ross Kilpatrick, 
Um, the show's going to be sponsored by Exit Realty Anchor South with locations in Auburn, Lake Martin, Fort Walton Beach, Florida, meeting all of your real estate needs from Auburn to Lake Martin to the Emerald Coast of Florida. If you are buying or selling, call Exit Realty Anchor South owner Ross Kilpatrick. You see the number right there, 334-402-0028, 334-402-0028. Ross is an awesome guy. He's been following Auburn, Auburn, uh, you know, Auburn football forever. Big Auburn guy. Been a part of, uh, of, uh, he's kind of, I've, I've sort of, he's, he's sort of followed at Rivals 24-7. Now he's with us at On3. He's a member of Auburn Live. So awesome guy. Give him a call if you need any help in the, uh, in the real estate, in the real estate game. All right. Let's jump into this and bring, uh, my colleague Cole Pinkston into the mix. Cole, what's up, dude? What's up, man? I am, uh, I mean, I, I'm just ready to get the football season, dude. I, I love fall camp, but I'm ready for toe to meat leather. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we're almost there. We're almost there. Um, we're 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 almost there. All right, so we are through week one. We got to watch a couple of practices. Really, I say week one. We're through two days. As of us recording this, we've seen two practices. We've saw two 20 minute periods. We talked to Hugh Freeze. We talked to some players. We'll get back at it this week. We'll talk to some coordinators and see a little bit more of practice. Um, what stood out, if anything, in the two periods? Just so people know, we get to watch like a, about a about a fifteen-ish minute viewing window at the beginning of practices, and it's the same window every practice. So, like, nothing really changes for us. We just kind of go see who's out there. We get maybe a little bit of a feel for depth chart, but we don't see you know, everything in terms of reps. But we can we can kind of get an idea of maybe who's out there because the way they're running through things, they're running through things in an order of ones and twos generally. So we can kind of see how guys are lined up or positions and things like that. Of course, we talked to Hugh Freeze, the kickoff ball camp, a lot of interesting things there. Uh, did anything stand out, shock you in the first two days of practice? Like, dislike? Like, what was maybe one thing that, uh, that caught your eye? Well, I- I don't know if it's shocking, but just for the first time in probably my lifetime, I, I went out there and I had to have a roster. Like yeah. I've, I've never had to do that. Like I know who's on the team. I know the numbers. I know what they look like. And I know everybody. I mean, I covered the recruitments, the transfers, and even the, the young guys too. But, man, I mean, seeing them out there, a lot of them look different than than when I saw them come through the complex for the first time especially the freshman, like Jeremiah Cobb. That guy's a lot heavier than he was. Yeah, that's uh, good. Lester Smith is a guy who's bigger. You know, all these guys, they look different. So I was like, man, who's who's uh, 19? Who's 97? Who, I'm, I'm looking through the roster like, dang, I, I've never had to do that before. And uh, I'm sure some of these coaches are having to do it too. I mean, it's just that's how it is right now. you got so many new guys. That's somewhat shocking to me. I mean, almost half the team is new, probably more than half, actually. So that and and I, I just like the pace of things. I like the way they pace things, especially when they get to the plays on air. I like how they swap the offensive lines. Like the first team's in there, second team, and it's always you know they're hollering at them to get in there and get set and all that. And I I know that's going to translate pretty well to them trying to do some more tempo than they have been. I mean, you got to think they went from Brian Harson the slowest. I mean, think of the like. Virginia basketball team. They bring it across the court. They're, they're going to use the entire shot clock. That's how Brian Harson was doing it. We know it's going to be totally different now. And I, I can tell that already just seeing 
you know, that short little window in practice. Yeah, that's a good point about the roster. I thought the same thing. And, yes, pretty much is. I mean, you're talking about 20 transfers. Of course, some of those were in the spring, but if you were to compare it to last fall, 20 transfers and 21 or 22 signees. I mean, yeah, you're you're essentially half half the rosters is uh, is brand spanking new. So yeah, I thought the same thing. I'm looking out there going, who is that? You know, a lot of a lot of roster checking. For I would say for me, something that stood out, and it's it's not a big deal. We'll talk about some of the things that Hugh Freeze said and and some observations, things we saw, things like that. The one thing that st- stood out to me, and it's small, because they have to go produce, and the way you look is only right. Like that's only part part of the battle in terms of your your strength and conditioning and things like that. But wide receiver, I think you and I were standing there, and I'm looking out there. And I'm looking at Camden Brown, monster. I'm looking at Jair Shorter, monster. I'm looking at Shane Hooks, like beast. Um, and I'm like, Whoo. you know, yeah. you've got some big dudes out there. It's not a bunch of uh, it's not a bunch of small. Receivers, you know, Coy Moore is a well-built guy. Nick Marner, Nick Marner is more of a lean guy. Uh, but those, those three, Shane Hooks, Jair Shorter, and Camden Brown are absolutely what they should look like. But really even beyond them. And then you look at Jay Fair, well-builder, Javaris Johnson, the, the addition of the transfers. And then you look at how Camden Brown's built. You, Jay Fair's, you know, we heard some good things about his development. And I think the thing that stands out to me is all of a sudden there's options there. There's options there. Now we got to see how they produce. Like they got to prove it. Uh, to me, receiver position is like the. I think that it's more of a battle than quarterback. I, I, quarterback is where all the focus is, and I get that. But I mean, I I think the receiver position should be getting every bit the attention that the quarterback maybe more because I shoot. There's more proven ability probably at Peyton Thorn. Peyton Thorn's proven more at quarterback than anybody at receiver. Yeah. Um. Even Robbie's ups and downs. He's shown something. Maybe he's even shown glimpses probably of something to build on more than what I've seen from anybody at receiver. Um, yeah. So anyway, that receiver position probably stands out to me as just trying to seeing some options, but also seeing I'd never seen Jair Shorter up close and, and he's a tight end. And I, you know, Camden Brown, we saw in the spring, but again, you're just like, man, that guy is, is a, is a huge guy. And then Shane hooks is so long. So seeing those guys for the first time was, was, uh, was good. It was good. It was eye opening, but I think in a good way. Yeah, it, it kind of reminds me. I'm sure Justin, you've seen the movie Space Jam before, right? Yeah. When, when the when the alien guys like grow really big and they're like standing over. I mean, that's kind of what the receivers look like. And throw Rivaldo Fairweather in there too, man. I mean, you got goal line threats all day long. You got you got the fade. You got all that stuff. The back shoulders, which you go back and watch Ole Miss film against Alabama. That's what he loved to do. I almost think they have to talk him into getting a smaller guy at receiver, a guy like Bryce Kane, who they have committed right now, because he yeah. just loves he loves those big body receivers so much, um, and, and he's going to use them. I mean, he's really going to utilize that that skill set. I mean, it's it, it's extremely difficult to stop a back shoulder throw, and when you have a guy that can adjust to it, but is also like walling off defenders and doing it because they're so big, you know, that's going to be. I mean, they have. The options. That was the other shocking thing is because they have so many options. Like I'm thinking back yeah. to last year and going, man, uh, I just don't know. I don't know who's going to be the starter, and that's not necessarily a good thing at this point. And yeah, another thing too though is you know, Harson's recruiting not good. We know that. 
But they hit on the three receivers they got. I really believe that. Jay Farrow, Mari Kelly, and Camden Brown. I think they hit on those three. Yeah, I think they're, I think they hit on them potential wise for sure. And, and I think you're right. I think, um, they're, they've all shown some flashes. I think Fair and, Fair and Amari Kelly both are guys that I think are on the right track. We, yeah. we were sitting on the field talking about Amari Kelly and I don't know where he'll fit into the mix because you bring these experienced season transfers in. Right. I don't know where Amari Kelly will fit into the mix, but I like, I like what I've sort of seen and heard from him from from spring summer and, and and watching him out there. I think that he's a kind of a forgotten guy a little bit. Definitely. But I think he's got a good I think he's got really, really nice potential. So you're right on those three guys. I think I think there's there's certainly the potentials there. Let's see what they the opportunities there this year to go prove it. But I I don't think any of them have stumbled. Like I, I think there's some really good glimpses of what they can be. Um all right, let's roll some th- through some things that uh that were said and done this week and, and we'll talk about Maybe some things that you, that stood out to you uh, in terms of we'll talk we'll, we'll start with kind of what Hugh Freeze talked about and you tell me some things that stood out to you. Um, he talked about creating pressure for the quarterbacks, creating adverse situations to try to learn as much as he can about those guys. He's never coached Peyton Thorne, right? He just arrived and he's got to get answers. So he talked a lot about creating situations in this first five practices for these quarterbacks and trying to narrow things as quickly as possible to I guess. There's really three main guys getting reps. He probably wants to get that down to two. I'm not sure how quickly he'll go from three to two because Holden, Gurner, and Robbie Ashford, Peyton Thorne, um, we've all got something there. So I'm not sure how quickly that'll go. Of course, Peyton Thorne was running with the ones. A lot of what we saw, we did see Holden Gurner getting a few reps with the ones during some of the drills we saw. Like we, we didn't watch him scrimmage, but some of the things we're watching, Holden Gurner was mixing in with the first team O-line, first team running backs, first team receivers doing some reps and things like that. And so I think he's a guy that's certainly in there. Um, Hugh Freeze didn't, didn't talk about Jarquez Hunter. Said the same thing he did at SEC Media Days, which is we're not going to talk about university policies. We didn't yeah. see Jarquez Hunter on the football field, which, you know, raised a lot of eyebrows. Um, Hugh Freeze talked about the offensive line and the jack position being positions he's excited about. He thinks they've really improved on the offensive line. And he thinks the addition of Jalen McLeod and Steven Sings at edge really, by the way, I'm going to go, I'm just going to go back and forth on edge and Jack. I, I'm just, I'm just going to say edge and Jack like constantly. I don't know what they want to call it. Jack. I think on, what is it? Jack on the official website. Yeah, it's Jack, but I mean, it's, it's the same. They have the yeah. same role. So yeah. the same freaking thing. And I'm just, yeah. I'm probably going to say Jack edge. I'm just going to say Jack edge all the time. Um, right. What else? Talked about the overhaul receiver room. We, we hit on that a little bit. Um, he talked about wanting to sort of tear the team down in some ways and then bring them back up, sort of a motivational way, a way to sort of, I think, mold them a little bit in, in, uh, in this new Q-Freeze era. He talked a little bit about what you talked about, which is he's a little bit uncomfortable entering fall camp because the roster is so – it's just so much. It's one thing to come in as a new coach, but then they added a bunch of su- summer signees plus transfer guys after the spring camp. So there's, there's even, you know, I don't know how, I don't, probably 20 new guys even from spring. So he talked about being really kind of uncomfortable, as uncomfortable as he's ever been entering a fall camp, not just not even knowing names, but not really understanding what he has, um, what he has on his, uh, on his plate, like what this team is all about. Um, what are some things that, like, so of, of that kind of, of that kind of group of things that Hugh Freeze talked about, what, 
what was sort of interesting to you, what sort of intrigued you about some of the things that he talked about when we spoke to him on Thursday before fall camp started? Well, before you even mention what he said, I, I like to observe him and see how he's how he goes about saying things and what his thought process is when he's being asked a question. Yeah. And to me, he looks anxious. Um, he, he looks anxious about things. And when I use that word, I don't use nervous. I don't think it's a bad nervous. I think it's a, an, an anticipated, you know, like I'm, I'm very excited about what's happening here, but I know how big this is. It almost like it's, it, it feels like he's in a role now where he was trying to get to in his coaching career. That's what it looks like to me. And he's very anxious about how things are going. He wants to win so badly. He wants to do it now. He does not want to have this rebuild year. He wants to do it right now and get Auburn yeah. right back, you know, where it should be. Uh, so I like that about, you know, I think that's a good thing. I think that's positive for Auburn fans um, and for the team. And then, I, you know, when he hit when he hit the road recruiting, when he started getting these transfers in and all that, it was very obvious that the lines of scrimmage were important. And uh, he, he hit on that a few times when talking. And I really think um, just from watching those guys and watching them move and just going through their steps, they look more sudden. They look more athletic. They look they look leaner. They don't look bigger. They look leaner, which in this offense, um, with the more, more tempo, more fast-paced stuff, RPO-type stuff, it's way more important to be leaner than, than slower, if that makes sense. So they're faster, moving better, and that's important. And, and he, I think he knows that. I think he likes what he's seeing from those guys. I think he loves Connor Liu, the freshman. That's the guy he always has to mention, or, or I see him around him all the time at practice, stuff like that. Um, but then he loves these transfers, Gunnar Britton, Avery Jones. He loves Cam Stutz, took the dude to – SEC media days, and I think that says a lot. And um, these are guys – I think it's interesting that Jeremiah Wright is not with what we perceive to be the ones right now. Uh, yeah. That I think is interesting, but I think it's good because we did not see him practice in spring, which means Hugh Freeze has never seen him practice. Yeah. He watched some film or something like that. So I guess he looked at the situation and said, well, you might be the best guy, but you're going to have to earn it. You're going to start in the twos or the threes, and you're going to work your way to first team. I think it's just little stuff like that that I like to look at and, and sort of the game within the game stuff. And, and at practice, it's it's stuff that I like to see how his coaching strategy is. And right now, I think a lot of things are going well. I think the strength program was obviously good to the team. I haven't seen any live action yet, so it's hard to say. But, you know, as far as the pace and everything, he hinted at that before we went out there, and then I thought it came through pretty good. And he even said on SEC Network, you know, I I, th- I just think we need to be a little bit more mean at practice, a little bit faster, a little more, uh, you know, into what we're doing. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. I think, I think the anxiousness, and I'll give him credit, he's been pretty transparent uh, about being anxious. Um, when he's talked about this team, when he talked about being uncomfortable. Yeah. So I do give him some credit, and in, 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 it might be some anxiousness. It might be just some humility of, of of talking about being uncomfortable. You don't hear that a lot. Even going back to media days when he talked about, hey, there was a time when I thought I used to be the best play caller or one of the better play callers in the country. He goes, but, but at Liberty, I thought maybe I 
I sort of wasn't up to my up to my standards kind of thing. You don't hear a lot of coaches say that. Mm-hmm. So um, I didn't cover him at Ole Miss and Liberty, so I, I wasn't around him in terms of being able to compare how he's approaching things to, to you know, now versus then. But I do think it's interesting um, hearing him talk about those things. Um, you know, he talked about the quarterbacks. He said, I think we could potentially win with all of them. I'm, cop- I'm cautiously optimistic we could win with all of them. I thought that was – I thought that was an interesting comment. Obviously, they want to find a starter. Um, I thought probably one of the most interesting things he said, and it's kind of something that I've written, and that is, and he talked a little bit about quarterbacks, but also when he was talking about just understanding the roster, and that is you are not going to know this team. You're not going to have a, a grasp of this football team until after – Georgia to me. You are not going to watch if you, I don't care what happens against UMass. I don't care what happens against Cal. That that's not what this team's going to be for a lot of the season, good or bad, whatever happens. And and then they come back and they play Sanford. Those are like, there's just a long way to go, not just at quarterback, but with a bunch of other positions with integrating the transfers into the mix. But more importantly than all that, a new, a new, a new culture, new coordinators, a new standard, a new approach, what, a new expectations. Um, and so I, I think that's something that just keep that in mind when, when that UMass game comes and goes and Cal comes and goes, there's still going to be so much growth from this team that can happen. Now, if they come out and look halfway decent against, uh, UMass and Cal and Sanford, that's a great sign because you're being like, they, they don't look bad. Now that the competition could be part of it, but I just think he talked about that a little bit about maybe not understanding, not really knowing what this team is about until three, four games into the season. And I think that's so true because you're going to have A&M's that first game on the road and then Georgia. So just keep that in mind, man, this team, this team is such a work in progress. Whatever you see in those first couple of games is, I think it's going to be a completely different thing than what you see late October early November. It's just, I think, I think, and I think it's in a good way. I think that the growth that has an opportunity to happen will happen in a good way. I don't think it's going to go down. If anything, I think they're going to find themselves as they go, especially at, especially at quarterback. Um, and he talked about that at quarterback said, you know, Hey, talk to me after game one and we'll look at the stats to figure out if we have a bona fide starter. Um, although if, if, UMass. If somebody goes out there and sucks it up against UMass, I think there's a big there's a bigger problem there. Yeah. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think that was my takeaway. Just it kind of went in line with his un- uncomfortability with the roster and just sort of not understanding what this team is. And I think it's just going to take time. That I think that stood out to me, and I think it's just a good message for fans to remember is that man, a lot of growth, a lot of things, a lot of things happening. I mean, shoot. We, I mean, we, he was asked if they were going to add more players, and he was like, well, never say never. I mean, you know, like, can you imagine if a kid graduates somewhere and walks on a campus and play, you know, right now? Like, there's, it's just, there's just still a lot of, I think they're done. But, um, but yeah. anyway, that was probably one of my big takeaways, I, th- I, th- I think, just the unknown of what this team can be. It's going to take a minute. Well, it was the other quote you said. I'm trying to think of what it was exactly, but basically he's trying to put a strain on them. He's, he's wanting to do that a little bit more. And- yeah. Tear him down. Tear him down. Tear him down. Yeah. And um, 
all coaches have a similar idea to that. But the, the, the thought process here is, and I've talked to a couple of players who have told me, like, I think it was Marcus Harris. I was talking to him just to the side there. And he was like, man, he said, I, I am dog tired after practices. It maybe I don't know if it was him or not, but somebody was telling me I, it just wears it wears them down. And look, you might you might give up some of your scheme there. Let's just go back to last year and say, okay, they might have been trying to refine the scheme. Okay, the uh, the offense was more important to learn than than getting you to a point where you know we're gassing you all day long. I don't know if if that's the truth here, but what what I'm seeing is, hey, we're willing to um be in some growing pains when we get to the season with our offense and our scheme so we can make sure they're in the right kind of shape so we can make sure they're able to finish ball games and, and they're good at the base stuff because at the end of the day it doesn't matter what we call um you better be good at at, at something because uh, if you call some dynamic play and they're tired who cares it's not going to work and yeah. you saw that in a lot of games like I go back to Penn State they, oh. they, I don't think they gave up. I think they were just not on the same level as Penn State. I truly believe that. It's brutal. Yeah. We talked to Marcus Harris, and he talked about that game specifically when he was talking about stopping the run. He was he specifically mentioned that game, how embarrassing that game was. Yeah, very embarrassing. Um, but but that's I don't think they're going to be in those situations anymore. They're going to be able to do it. There may be stuff you can't call because you weren't able to install it or you weren't able to get to it in fall camp because you're working on other things. But uh, I think the point is right now that these driving home, Hugh Freeze and the rest of the coaching staff is we're going to get you ready and we're going to be able to do the base stuff really well. And, and our quarterbacks are going to respond well to that too and bring them along as we go with this offense. So I think you're going to see more vanilla stuff. I, even when you get to Texas A&M as they're still putting in stuff each and every week. Uh, and then, like you said, towards the end of the year, you should have almost 100 percent of your offense in and have them comfortable. I don't, I don't. That's one of the things that I'm most worried about for this team early on. I don't think they're going to be comfortable with everything. It's it's a totally right. different game from what they did a year ago, and it's a change. Just make sure they're in the right kind of shape to run it, and I think you'll be in good shape with some of the weapons yeah. you're starting to have there. Well, and you bring up a good point about the about the the, the confidence of the players. They're, it's still new to them too, and so if they they gotta have to they're gonna have to grow in their confidence as well. The thing otherwise things are gonna, might run a little bit slower, things like that. But that's normal, man. Think I mean, you can go back to I mean, you can go back to 2010 Auburn or 2013 Auburn. It it's it's fairly normal um, early in the season. There's gonna be some of those. Um, you know, 2010, you have Cam. It's a new look. It's a new new offense. And beginning of the year, they're kind of pedestrian times on offense. 13, yeah. sort of the same thing. So it's it's going to take some time. All right, let's do a little buy or sell here, sponsored by Ross Kilpatrick, our fabulous sponsor of the show. Exit Realty, Anchor South, locations in Auburn, Lake Martin, Fort Walton Beach. There's his number, 334-402-0028. Hit up Ross. Um, again, he's Auburn, Lake Martin, and Fort, Fort Walton Beach, Florida. And uh, let's do a little buy or sell, Cole. Buy or sell, Okay. All right. Gotcha. Um, by the way, if you look at the ticker for people watching, if you're if you're listening, uh, I'm about to tell you one dollar one month. Go subscribe. If you're not, I don't even know what I don't even know what you're doing. One dollar <laughs> one month. I mean, what? Just try it for a month. 
I mean, I got, you know, I don't just, this is, it's crazy. And I don't make these decisions on three is just giving this away. Um, so you're welcome, but go do the $1 one month. All right. Buy or sell. Let's start here. You ready? Yep. Let's start with quarterback. Okay. Yes. Buy or sell Holden Gurner as a legitimate threat to win the quarterback job right now. Legitimate. Not like, well, maybe I'm talking about Holden Gurner, legitimate threat to win the quarterback job. Should he be taken absolutely seriously as if you're talking about quarterback battle? We hear about most of it's Peyton and Robbie. Mm-hmm. Holden is pretty much left out of the discussion. You buy or sell him as an absolute part of the discussion to win the job outright. I, I'm going to sell that. I'm going to sell it because now I'm hearing the chatter about him. And we watch him, and honestly, he's, he throws the best ball, even with Peyton Thorne, I think. I think he has the best ball of all of them. Um, and we saw him at Pro Day do the same thing. He looked great. Uh, but, you know, when the bullets start flying, I, I, and, and we haven't seen that, and I don't even know if they've gotten to that point in fall camp yet. They don't have pads on, really. So I think things will change just a little bit just because of his experience, at least right now. Uh, what I think I know about Hugh Freeze and Philip Montgomery and Ken Austin is they keep these quarterback battles going on during the season. I mean, they, they rotated quarterbacks a good bit at Liberty. Of course, they had some injuries, but it, it always looked like the next guy was ready to go. You look yeah. at the all game, it was like their second or third string guy, and he, he lit them up, okay? And uh, so I think Holden Gurner is, is a sell right now just because I think the competition is open. So I think everybody's getting an equal shot. But but going into the season, I think he'll have a, a higher chance of maybe doing something if somebody gets injured, being the backup guy or being the next option. Um, I don't think he's going to start. My pick is going to be Peyton Thorne. It's going to be that pick all the way through. I just don't see a reason to change it. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I, sell. I, I like what I've seen, just a little bit we see. First of all, he looks huge. Uh, he, yeah, looks, he, he looks like a much bigger quarterback, not necessarily height, but he looks like he's filled out. Like he, he looks like he doesn't look like a freshman anymore. I'll, I'll say that. And he throws a really nice ball. Um, but yeah, no real experience. And so just still a lot to learn, still a lot to understand with him and a lot to learn. And so I would sell him as well on being a legitimate threat to win the job. I think he's getting better. I think that's yeah. clear. I think he's getting better in the spring, and and, he, and he's throwing some good passes out there. I think he's getting better, and that's a good thing. But I'm probably with you. I'm probably selling him on a legitimate threat. I think it's I think it's going to be tough to, to unseat Peyton Thorne from that position. All right, uh, number two, buy or sell. Yeah, go ahead. I'll tell you this real quick before we move on. If if they get into these blitz situations, they start running that kind of stuff at practice, and he's still getting the same buzz, then I will start right. thinking about buying. On yeah, 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 yeah. I'm with you. All right, let's stay on offense for number the, for the second one. Buy or sell Jay Fair unseating Javaris Johnson as the starting receiver in the slot. Javaris comes back as the most he's the most productive receiver on the team over the past couple of years, and probably hurt. He's probably you look at when you look at the receiving core, he probably gets the most attention in terms of reliability and guy. You feel like if I can name one, I feel like it's gonna be Javaris, but. We've heard good things about Jay Fair. He's got a great head on his shoulders. He's a well-built, compact kid. Had a good spring, pretty good summer. 
do you buy? And, what, and from what we've seen, he's mixing in there. I mean, he's, he's right in the mix of guys getting getting a little reps with the ones, getting some run. Guy that I think knows the offense. Are you buying or selling Jay Fair unseating Javaris Johnson and being the starting slot receiver? I'm gonna I'm gonna buy that one. Oh, that's a little bit of a of a of a reach for me in my mind. But here, my reasons for that is because one. I think Jay Fair is really good. I loved his high school film. He was a guy that could take the top off of a defense, and he wasn't necessarily doing it from the slot. Now he's playing slot, and, and just when he walked by the other day, I was like, wow, he, he looks like a running back the way he's yeah. built. So that is actually the biggest reason why I'm buying him is because he looks like a running back. He's probably closer to 190, 195 pounds, maybe even 200 on his you know 5'10", 5'11 frame, whatever he is. Once again, this is Hugh Freeze territory. I still see Javaris Johnson as a much smaller guy. He, he really hasn't gotten that much bigger. I don't think he's going to. He just doesn't have the frame for it. That's no slide against him. He's a very good football player. He's a good slot receiver, and I still think he's going to play a lot. But it would not shock me at all if Jay Fair is the starter at slot early, like game one, game two, because he's a bigger guy. He's more powerful. I've seen him break tackles after the catch. Saw him do that in the game against Western Kentucky last year. He got one shot. He broke like four tackles. So I think he's more of the the role fit for the offense. If they're going to throw something to him over the middle, they want him to advance the football. Is Javaris Johnson that guy? I don't I don't know. He might be the guy you throw it to over the top. So I think he's a little bit better in the intermediate stuff, and that's why I'm going to go with Jay Fair. Yeah, I like it. You're going out on a limb a little bit. I, I think I'm still selling that. I because I, I, st- I think I still like Javaris Johnson's top end speed. I, I think he yeah. can really get down the field. I guess I haven't really seen Jay Fair in that role. I haven't seen enough of him to know his ability to stretch the field. I've seen Javaris do that, whether it's Arkansas in 2019 or 20, 2020. I think it was 2020. Bo Nix to you know hit him over the top. We saw right. Javaris had a touchdown against LSU uh, last year, right? Big touchdown yep. from Robbie early in that game. So I've seen him. I've seen him. I've seen him stretch it a little bit. That I, I think I'm still leaning Javaris, but but Jay Fair's a guy to watch. Jay Fair's a guy to watch for sure. And yep. and you could add the caveat maybe by maybe not by UMass. Maybe you, know, you could always say, hey, I, I think by you know whatever X game he could be in there. But I think I think he's a guy to watch. But I still I think I'm I think I'm sticking with Javaris for now. I think I think either one is smart. Yeah. Um, all right, the third one, let's switch to defense. A little bit off the beaten path, so when we're watching the defense, we're watching rotations, that nickel position, we know what Keontae Scott brings to the table. Love it. Love everything about it. Donovan Kaufman was, was, is, is that nickel too, but Kaufman can also play safety. He's yeah. played both of those in this past two years at Auburn. When we go out there, we look out there, there's Keontae at nickel, but then we see two new faces at nickel, one being redshirt freshman Austin Osbury. Mm-hmm. The other being true freshman Sylvester Smith. Now, Sylvester Smith was a safety, um, you know, according to, I mean, that's the position he was, he was listed at in the on three rankings as a safety. But you walk out there and he's, he's, he's shadowing Keontae at nickel. So the question is, when you're looking at freshmen to play, look, I think we all know Kay and Lee's going to play. He went through the spring cornerback, like you need to, he'll play. When you're thinking about maybe some of these freshmen on defense that arrived in the summer, Sylvester Smith looks like a guy at that nickel position that maybe 
maybe could find his way on the field. So my question is, buy or sell Sylvester Smith playing significant snaps as a true freshman at the nickel, maybe even backing up Keontae and freeing up Donovan to play. Donovan will play nickel. Maybe that frees up Donovan to play a little safety too, whatever it might be. But buy or sell Sylvester Smith play, let's say playing – eight or more games as a true freshman and making an impact at that nickel position as a backup? Uh, I, I'm going to buy it. I, I think I've, I've been a big Sylvester Smith fan since he was committed to Tennessee and Auburn, you know, flipped him late. Um, I got to watch him really close, up close and personal, not only in the game at the Alabama-Mississippi All-Star game, but also in practice. I went to two practices. And he he's an intense individual, number one. He, he's very locked in and focused when he gets to practice. That was not a time for him, and that's that's sort of a fun game. That's supposed to be fun. Yeah. You know, all-star game. He, he wasn't having fun. It wasn't for fun for him. It was serious. He wanted to be the best yeah. player out there. And uh, that was the, actually the first time that he really and truly played corner, and he played corner in the game. He played well. Uh, so I think he's got some skills, enough skills to be able to play in the slot and play some of those slot receivers, which is nickel, um, but also play in the box and, and come in and be like an extra linebacker at times. Um, so I think Donovan Coffin plays more safety than nickel, and, and because of that, I think your next guy at nickel might be Sylvester Smith. Austin Osbury, I, I don't know what to think about him yet, honestly. Um because I, I just don't know. I, when I went to see him when he was in high school, he was in a walking boot. So I never got to see what he can do. And then he's just been quiet. I'll go Sylvester Smith as being a significant snap guy at the nickel position because I think they'd like Donovan Coffin playing safety. But um, whether it's nickel or slot corner or whatever you want to call it, I think they're going to run that a lot. And they'll also have Keontae Scott moving around. So there's there's opportunity there for a guy like Sylvester Smith. And I think he's good enough. Yeah, I think I'm with you. I think I'm buying. And and I think it's because I think Kaufman's going to play a little bit more safety. Donovan Kaufman, I think that's why it starts with me. Donovan Kaufman's a good player, an experienced player, a heady player who needs to be on the field. Yes. And if Keontae is going to be at nickel, how do we make, how do we get Donovan on the field? To me, it's finding ways to get him there at safety. I'm, I'm not a huge Zion Puckett fan. Think he's okay. Um, he's a physical player, but I, I'm not a huge fan. I, I think there's, I think there should be opportunities to have Donovan Kaufman and Jalen Simpson playing safety together, and and then I think that would free up then, then if Keontae's at nickel, then then if Keontae's got to come out or if you need an extra nickel guy, I think that's where it frees up Sylvester Smith to get some snaps and kind of looking at that group of true freshmen outside of K and Lee. Sylvester Smith, Terrence Love, C.J. Johnson, who is huge, by the way. Yeah. Um, yeah Colton Hood, and then J.C. Hart. We don't know. I guess we were. It looks like he's going to maybe start at in the secondary. But of that group, Sylvester Smith seems to be maybe in the best position to play among that that group of freshmen. And I, I agree. I, I think that he, I think that he plays as a true freshman. Doesn't burn his red shirt. Uh, or Burns is redshirt. I think he blows right through that and plays as a backup role in that in that slot position. And then if if there's an injury or something like that, I think he's poised to have some some serious playing time. So I, I agree. I think that's going to be maybe the guy to watch 
as a true freshman secondary of that big group. So that's the thing I was thinking. We knew KN, but could any of those other guys play as a true freshman? And I think, I think Sylvester Smith might be the guy. So I'm, I'm buying him playing significant, important snaps throughout the year at that nickel position as a true freshman. I'm buying it. So we were only different on one then because we both bought, uh, no, we sold, we both we sold, sold Holden. Holden. I bought Jay Fair, you bought Javarius Johnson, and then we both buy Sylvester. I like Yeah, it. and by the way, we talked to Keontae Scott, and, and Keontae, yeah. when you talk to players, like players are like, you got to take it with a grain of salt um, sure. because they just play each other. They don't play everybody in the country. So oftentimes when a player is like, they're the best I've ever seen. Well, you know, you haven't played everybody. But Keontae said Javarius Johnson – is yeah, he thinks he's one of the best receivers in the country. Now, Keontae, I mean, love Keontae. He hadn't played everybody, one. And two, Javaris Johnson's stats don't come anywhere close to supporting that argument. But I think there's some ability there. I think there's some speed and some talent, some ability there. So we'll we'll see what happens. Um, All right, let's end on this. Let's wrap it up. Um, We got coordinators coming up this week. We're going to talk to Philip Montgomery. We're going to talk to Ron Roberts. We'll talk to a few more players. We'll get a couple of more practices under our belt and see what happens. What's what's maybe one, two things that you're thinking about that you want to see on the practice field? What's maybe something you haven't seen that you're like, I want to make it a point to go to go see this guy or this position group? Or maybe what do you want to hear from Philip Montgomery or Ron Roberts this week? Well, I mean, obviously I want to see more practice than just stretching and stuff like that. <laughs> That's part of our – great stuff. That's part of our media viewing window, and that's understandable. Um, but I think we're going to see a little bit more of the offensive line and defensive line actually popping pads a little bit, getting on the sled and, and doing their steps and working with the dummies. And I, I'm a trenches guy, you know. Uh, I had I had a little stint coaching offensive line, playing offensive line and stuff of that nature. So I want to see more of that. I want to see how they move. I want to see their steps. I, you know, I want to see the drills and stuff that Coach Thornton does and all that. Uh, and then defensive line, there's, there's just a lot of, there's some new faces there that I want to see get some work. And if we get a chance to see them go against the offensive line, that'd be awesome. I'm, I'm sure we won't, but just more of that. Uh, you know, without pads on, there's, there's not much you can take away from the lines of scrimmage. So they'll have pads on more this week. I think I want to see them, uh, get a little physical there. That'll be a good one. I mean, look, for me, I mean, I, I guess I'll be that that media guy. I'm not trying to create drama, but I want to see Jarquez Hunters on the practice field or not. Oh, yeah. I mean, we didn't we didn't see him out there. And so am I overly concerned about it? No. Um, I, I was, you know, I, I fully believe he's back with the team. I think that happened on August 1st. He's going through team activities, and I, I think he's doing everything behind the scenes with the team. Uh, was a little surprised he, he wasn't on the field because if he's with the team and, you know, but I'm not overly concerned. I, I'm not exactly sure what's going on. I think it's entirely possible that they could just be making him do some, some internal things before getting back on the field, earning his way back on the field. In other words, you don't just get to walk out day one of practice like everybody else. You're going to be on the side or behind the scenes and earn your way onto the practice field kind of thing. Um, because that, that investigation that was going on, he had to be away from the team. 
I don't know that that was necessarily a punishment. That was you literally – you need to be out, out, away from the complex and the team while the investigation is going on. So it's entirely possible that the investigation wraps up and now we punish him. Like now you have to punish him because I don't think being away from the team was his punishment. That was you just need to be away while we figure this out. And then I, th- I think that's closed. And so I think now it's very possible that there's a little bit of, okay, now you're going to work your way back on the team just like you, you know, missed class or whatever, whatever it is, you know, whatever it might be. I, so I'm not really concerned he wasn't there, but I do want to see him out there. I do want to see him back out there. And now he's missed. We haven't seen him twice. So every day is not out there. You just kind of, you're wondering what's going on. And it's missed practice time. Look, he's an experienced guy, but this is a new offense for him too. It's a new offensive line. Handoffs from new quarterback potentially. He needs to be out there, and so I think that's what I'm watching for. Is just when does Jarquez Hunter get back on the practice field, and uh, and when do we see him? If we see him this week or not, I, I gotta think. If he if I, if you don't see him a couple of days this week, then I'm then I'm gonna have to reassess and and talk try to talk to some people on what I think is going on because that would be shocking. If we start getting into five or six practices, then there's something else happening. I, I would just be. I would be surprised at that. So, yeah, that's what I'm watching for, man. But overall, good week. They're still undefeated. Still undefeated. All the optimism, all the optimism's there. Um, (laughs) And so, yeah, I think it'd be fun to talk to the coordinators a little bit, get a sense of uh, of the growth from spring to now. Definitely. From quarterbacks, whatever, defensive line, linebackers. Linebackers is kind of the position on defense I'm, I'm probably most curious about. Receivers on offense. Those two positions to me are the most up in the air. Show me something. I, I'm not going to believe it until I see it. Like I need to see legitimate players, SEC players, you know, that can produce. So anyway, I'm curious from the coordinators, the, the growth from spring to till now. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I, I, I'm not sure what I want them to say because, um, Sometimes I forget I'm a media guy and I'll start talking scheme and I I want more like, but they're not going to go into it with us. So yeah, yeah, it's understandable. I get it. I like it when they say names unprompted though. That's probably my favorite thing when I hear from a coordinator. Yeah, because you got to remember they they don't specific. Well, Philip Montgomery coaches quarterbacks. We know that, and Ron Robert coaches Ron Roberts coaches Jacks edges. But when they start throwing out names, uh, let's say Roberts throws out a DB. You know that guy's probably doing well because he's yes. not specifically with those guys. He's over the defense, so that's that's kind of what I'm looking forward to. What names do they do they throw out there unprompted? Yep, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. Unprompted names is a good one. All right, let's roll out of here. I guess we went about 40 minutes. I guess that's what it's going to be. It's hard to talk about as much as we see and do. It's probably going to be tough to do 25 minutes, but but. Uh, but we'll try to keep it to we'll we'll try to hone it in 35, 40, 40 minutes. But I think all, all in all, um, good show. Again, I'll give one last shout out to Ross Kilpatrick, um, Exit Realty Anchor, Auburn, Lake Martin, Fort Walton Beach, Florida, three three four four zero two zero zero two eight. Go visit him and go to auburnlive.com and subscribe for one dollar. If you don't have a dollar, DM Cole. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll give you my Venmo. We'll, we'll work okay. something out. Yeah, we can we can we can figure it out. Dollar for a month. We've we've seen a ton of growth the last week. Tons of new members. Um, Auburn Live the last two years. We just passed our two year anniversary. It's been unbelievable. Yeah. So be a part of it. AuburnLive.com. One dollar one month. Subscribe. Uh, we'll be back in a few days. Like I said, this will go live on Monday morning. We'll come back with one on Thursday morning, and that'll sort of be the pattern 
uh, unless we change things up. So I appreciate everybody joining us, arborlive.com. Go check it out and go check out the YouTube page to find all the content. And uh, we'll see you next time. Madness is here. Say goodbye to busted brackets because FanDuel lets you bet on every game of the tournament. Whether you're betting on a big upset or a one seed, it's time to go dancing on America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets if your first $5 bet wins on FanDuel. That's 200 bucks to use on point spreads, money lines. You can even pick who's going to win it all. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on3 and bet on college hoops until they cut down the nets. Must be 21 and older and present in select states. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus. Bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia, and Vermont. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 533-42 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com. Dot com in Kansas, one eight seven 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 zero stop in Louisiana. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Visit one eight hundred gambler.net in West Virginia or call one eight hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gambling helpline ma.org or call eight hundred three two seven fifty fifty four twenty four seven support in Massachusetts or call one eight seven seven eight hope. NY or text HOPE NY in New York.